You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. The business of cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. This is the business of cannabis. Welcome to the Business of Cannabis. This is Dave Skye along with Matt Cook as we bring you more business stories from the cannabis front lines, the latest in software and services and innovations in retail and distribution and marketing. We take a hard look at the hard realities of making money in the cannabis industry and sure cannabis has a, is a unique product with unique characteristics, uh, but hey, most products and industries are unique in, in many ways. You know, we try here to get beyond that idea that cannabis is some exotic, mysterious thing, which it is, but it's also uh, a product that needs to be grown, manufactured, processed, distributed, marketed, sold, like any other product. It's, so, so while there are interesting aspects to it, it's also about cost effectiveness. It's about connecting to the consumer. It's about brand development and brand awareness. It's about uh, in the retail space uh, about the store experience, the customer's experience in that store, the design, the layout. That idea has uh, led us uh, to talk to um, our two guests today, um, Sewoon Adetichi of Elevate, a chain of dispensaries with uh, two locations in Massachusetts, third opening in Oregon, and Walter Boyd from Redbird Bioscience, a producer of cannabis uh, brands in Oklahoma. Cannabis's very own Wild West. Uh, Sewoon brings a real passion to the business and he's building his fortune upon that very passion, trying to infuse it into his entire organization. Uh, an example of someone who uh, just uh, won't take no for an answer. He's created a business uh, through the sweat of his brow. Um, it's an interesting story. Uh, Walter uh, heads up sales for Redbird and we're gonna find out how he, he competes in one of the fiercest and uh, least regulated cannabis states in America. We'll be covering all the issues I've mentioned above, retail operations, production and growing, uh, distribution, sales. Uh, maybe the word competition covers that. Uh, every step of the process from seed to sale becoming very competitive and only the best will thrive. So let's see if Elevate and Redbird are two of the best. Uh, we like their stories enough that we thought it worthwhile to bring them to you here on the business of cannabis.
Service is brought to you by CashTech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, CashTech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call CashTech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. Welcome to the Business of Cannabis. I'm Dave Skye here with Matt Cook. Uh, and our first guest today is Shaywoon Adedeji, uh, founder and CEO of Elevate. Uh, Shaywoon is reputedly the youngest African-American uh, to ever own a cannabis dispensary. Uh, Shaywoon wow. started out in real estate, yeah, uh, as a landlord investor, uh, but then moved on to owning some real estate in the cannabis world. Uh, Elevate has one dispensary in Massachusetts, one in Oregon, two more are pending, um, also acquired a 60,000 square foot facility in Massachusetts, which is cool. A true entrepreneur, inspiring public advocate for the cannabis industry. Welcome to the show, Shiwu. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, David and Matt. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. So take. I think a lot of people want to be where you are because a lot of the hard work is getting started and you're, you're on the growth stage, uh, which we'll get to in a sec. Tell, talk to us a bit about that experience, that startup experience. What did you go through and, how, and, and what were some of the, maybe the, the biggest challenges of that part of your life? Yeah, hi, David, Matt, thank you so much once again for having me. Uh, going through a startup, just like any startup, is freaking hard, <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> for us. Um, in a highly regulated industry where we're still federally illegal um, and where we don't have banking regulations where we can go to the bank and just get our business started. So um, if you ask me, it's, it's freaking hard. Being a minority <laughs> is even harder. You, yeah, it's harder. Um, okay, Matt, yeah. cancel our plans. We're not opening a dispensary. <laughs> yeah. It sounds no, too no, hard. No, no, I don't, don't want to jinx it for you guys or make it sound impossible. But what I will say is if you're looking to get in the cannabis industry, there's a level of community um, and it is all, all about the people. It's all about the community getting to understand what state are you going to, understanding the law associated to the state, associated to the cities, and just being a, a ethical uh, person as you're going through the journey um, to look at how can I make this happen? It's not going to be easy, but also find the right people, find a good team um, to get on your uh, on your boat that believes in your vision and what your mission is. A lot of people start within the cannabis industry only for the revenue aspect, but not for the mission. They don't look mm -hmm. at their overarching value of their company. What are we trying to solve in the world? How are we trying to make the world a better place? Um, most companies don't have that initiative in mind. It's all about revenues and um, bottom line for our shareholders. Um, and that's great. You know, we all want to make money, but now let's take it up a notch. What are we doing for society? What are we doing for the world? The plant unifies people. And um, I believe Elevate, can't, Elevate is elevating um, the industry holistically uh, by our inclusive approach, uh, by treating everyone like gold, 
I'm going through uh, the licensure process, uh, not being a social equity or economic empowerment has been definitely difficult for us, uh, but we've been able to make it happen um, due to uh, some of those things I just mentioned. That's amazing. And, you know, I started three businesses myself. I know how hard it is. Um, and what I was really kind of drawn to on your on your site was you have eight core values. And obviously, that's the eight and elevate. Um, maybe walk us through that because you talk about people and, and obviously culture, bringing the right people in. Talk us through how your values kind of, um, you know, allow you to attract and retain the right people for your business. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's values that our parents teach us. So nothing I've done is any extraordinary or fancy or anything. This is just things. But you're, you're, but you're doing it, though. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. No, I thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. You know what? One of our core values is love. Um, you know, we love our customers um, um, and, and we show them that we care, right? Inclusion. We treat everyone like gold, like I mentioned earlier today. We also talk about authenticity, empathy, growth. We look at getting 1% more elevated each and every day. And um, we look at hustle. Hustle is really important. Um, you know, when I look at um, just everything um, about us within our organization, it's never not my job. Um, it's all about like, how do we come together? I don't, it's, it's like looking at a sport team, right? We are a sport team. We, we pick out the best of the best and we're not mad if things don't work out within our organization. We wish you the best. We want you to get the best job for you to represent your value and your value proposition. Right. Uh, but we just don't compromise on our values and we bring people on that align with them. Um, and that's how Elevate has been able to succeed thus far is bringing like-minded individual onto the boat and um, steering it and um, doing it with, without ego or any pride and be willing to fail. And, and, you know, it's funny, I resonate so strongly with that message because we used to celebrate our teammates' first failure because it means you're learning, you're, gro you're growing, right? And yeah. uh, so that's a great message. That's, and then Matt would fire them. So, yeah. then, <laughs> <laughs> but they celebrated. No, it's a, a yeah. course, you know, oh, so have some cake on your way out. Yeah, no, not, obviously not true. But uh, uh, you know, uh, a question then. Uh, this, and I don't uh, like I often say on the show. I don't know if this is a hard question or easy one. Uh, you've spoken about people, and for a company at your stage, which is sort of getting faster, but maybe not running at full speed yet. What, what people do you have when you say people? What kind of people do you need? Do you need a, a finance person? Do you need marketing? Do you need, well, yeah. take us through a bit of, I'm sure a lot of people yeah. are listening going, yeah, a couple of dispensaries, yeah, absolutely. but do I need, I, do I have to do it all myself? No, I'm, I would say get a good attorney on your team. Make sure that, you know, in every agreement that you sign, um, as you negotiate your honeymoon, negotiate your divorce. A lot of people don't like talking about that, but you definitely got to do that. You know, everybody is cool until they're not cool, right? Until money is involved and um, then everyone is out for self. Um, so agreements is very important that I talk to our team about, you know, I'm very transparent and open about everything within the, the company, within the, what's going on in our day-to-day -day as an executive, what I'm doing in my personal life, I share with our team. So we have a CMO, we have a director of operation, we have a COO, 
and we have a CFO. That's uh, our executive team. Below that, we have our store managers, um, and then we have different store leads, shift leads um, for uh, the duration of the day. Um, and most right now, we are um, bringing on a cultivator that we've worked with a really long time to kind of help with our cultivation department and um, things like that. Oh, for the for the facility you're bringing on. Yes, that's mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. Cool. Um, talk a bit about your background, because we've had people, we've had uh, some 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 real estate, but not a lot of people, because real estate seems to be something people don't talk about. People want to talk about cannabis because it's kind of cool, kind of fun. Uh, but you come from a real estate background. Has that helped? How did it help? Um, what were some of the pitfalls you think maybe you yeah. avoided uh, when you signed some of those legal agreements? And is there a more important one than, uh, than, than your lease? David, you know, in all actuality, cannabis forced me into real estate even more. Yes, I owned it. Oh, it's interesting, company. yeah. Oh, really? Um, but within the cannabis industry, one of those regulations is you have to have a possession of a real estate. Um, there's some state have zoning buffers, some don't, some cities have or don't restrict it or add on to it. Um, it just kind of all depends on what state and cities that, that we're talking about. But for my uh, situation, I had a lease. Our lease was over. Our landlord refused to extend our lease. Um, because she wanted to sell her property and everyone that went to the bank to try to take out a right. loan, there was a cannabis business there. They refused to give them the loan. So she had to force us out. That was devastating. I had no, employees. That's I awful. Like it was brutal. I had to let go of really, really great people. And I remember I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I'm the worst person in the world. Like what? I got to fire this people. Until you met Dave. Yeah. Oh my God. I felt, look, Dave, No, I hear you. No, it's not. A no, joke. it's awful. Yeah. It's You're awful. in that situation. I, I feel sick to my stomach and I'm sitting there like apologizing and trying to beg our landlord. So that really, um, when we were looking into Massachusetts, I never wanted something like that to ever happen again. Um, mm -hmm. So it really uh, fueled my real estate ambition. Um, I've already had real estate, but it just made me understand the value of it even more. Um, and I never wanted my team members to be out of job ever again because of the real estate. So that's what pushed me um, further into the real estate acquisition within the cannabis industry. So our team members never have to lose their job uh, because of lack of real estate. So we are talking to Shewoon Adadaji uh, and uh, the owner of Elevate, uh, an interesting uh, uh, a chain of, uh, of dispensaries. Um, for those of you who are either on this journey uh, or thinking of going on it, um, a lot of interesting uh, topics. Uh, so when, by the way, just to finish that off, uh, we're talking about option clauses. We're talking about how many years on the initial lease, I assuming. We're talking about escalation clauses. So, you know, um, let me ask you, did, did you find you having to pay a, 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 a significant premium on your real estate or has that subsided a bit? What are you facing in the actual market? Uh, so when we do the acquisition, I got really blessed and lucky um, that when I first got into um, the state of Massachusetts, I focused on the border of illegal states, like on the border of New York, on the border of Vermont, 
in New Hampshire. So the real estate acquisition became a lot cheaper due to those factors. And we were here boots wow. on the ground once legalization first happened. So we were really lucky. We didn't see those hefty tax, um, you know, on real estate just because we were one of the first people to navigate through the process. So you've talked a lot about, um, you know, kind of people and culture. We obviously know your real estate background. Besides those two, what has been kind of your biggest challenge uh, so far? Um, I would say capital. Um, for anybody yeah. that's listening to this, capital is going to be for every challenge. Why do you think publicly traded companies are still raising capital? Mm -hmm. So if you're a mom and pop business, don't ever stop raising capital. When Even when you have capital, continuously raise capital uh, because that's the best time to raise capital. Um, don't be scared. No one wants to give you money when you really when need you it. Desperate. <laughs> Hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, dad. Yeah. yeah. But, so, but, but take it. Yeah. yeah. It's good advice. Thank so you. what, uh, how, and, and, and so, okay. So tell us a bit about how you went about doing that. Um, you, you, can, can you repeat your question again, please? Oh, so it's, well, it's a great, it's a great point with, uh, how did you go about raising, raising, you know, your yeah. cash and maybe there were various rounds. Take us through that. Yeah. The process? So one, one, one of our first round, we raised from a multi-state operator, um, sold them the value of selling our shelf space for a, a two, three year process, like a Seven Eleven model. Um, mm -hmm. So I did that to acquire some more capital uh, doing that transition. Got it. Was able to build out our store, kind of gave us a bit more time. Um, um, the next round was more about I own my real estate and outright. Uh, so because of owning the commercial real estate, it gave us the equity. Um, we're able to take out equity, kind of did that um, for our second round. Um, got a combination of friends and family and got a, um, a debtor to also give us some capital. So it, it became a combination of few sources, uh, but we were able to close the capital needed to open um, our store in Williamstown um, and looking to continue to open our store in Orange and um, our cultivation, 60,000 square foot cultivation facilities coming up too. So, so what, um, tell me what the vision is then. Give me the, the three to five year. Because um, we hear, it's a funny business, cannabis. Sometimes we talk to people, they have one, they have one location, they want a thousand uh, in a couple of weeks. And, and other people are more modest and they want, you know, to create a local uh, foothold and that's what they want. What does Elevate? What, you know? I think Elevate is a worldwide brand um, just because the okay. story is a national <laughs> attention. Awesome. I like um, the, uh, I like it. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm a national story. Uh, becoming the youngest uh, dispensary owner in the United States and the whole nation. Um, I did it, like I started the, this process when I was 21, opened my first shop at 23, only got 50,000, bootstrapped it, com um, combination of credit cards, turned that into a multi-million dollar company. Com corporation um, with assets and real estate. No, we're, we are truly a national brand. Um, mm -hmm. And because of just the racks of riches story, we would, we, nothing was given to us. We had social equity programs and we did not take advantage of it. We did not use it. Um, we've been here, uh, we played by every rule uh, that any big multi-state operator played by. And um, we might not be as big as them, but what we are doing is building an authentic blueprint 
um, that's showing um, legacy operator how to really get out the legacy market and into this more um, safe market where we can really feed our family without worried about going to sleep at night. You know what? Um, you know, like I said, Dave and I both run businesses. Dave's a lawyer. Um, I think you're doing everything right. Um, I think you're doing it with integrity. Uh, you're treating people right um, the way they should be treated. And uh, uh, I know because of that, you're going to have success. So much success to you. Yeah, yeah you know what? We're going to have to check back in because uh, I love yeah, these stories, sure. which is, you know, everyone has different approaches. Uh, some people just like to build it and they will come. Other people like to put the things in place. You've clearly uh, done the latter. Uh, the building blocks sound like they're in place. You've added some production facilities. You're starting to add volume locations. So you'll have economies of scale coming on. It's, it'll, it's an interesting story. Um, so we're going to force you to come back uh, on the show. Yeah, for sure. Check it and, uh, and see how you're doing. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, it'll be on. Thank you. Guys. Much success. So we thank have you. been talking to uh, Shewoon Adediji from Elevate and uh, uh, an interesting uh, success story. Um, we will uh, be right back uh, with uh, more of the business of cannabis. Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. So welcome back to the business of cannabis. Um, we're going to be talking uh, next to Walter Boyd, uh, all about uh, cultivation of brand um, and executing vision. Um, Walter has spent uh, a fair bit of time cutting his uh, sales and marketing teeth in the casino space, but now has moved to Redbird Bioscience as director of sales. Uh, Redbird is a cannabis grower and producer. Uh, some of their brands are Redbird White Label, They've recently entered into a partnership with none other than the Blues Brothers brand, which is run by Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, uh, which is super cool. Uh, they have some significant uh, operations, 65,000 square foot indoor facility, an 18,500 square foot outdoor greenhouse, another 15 acres of outdoor cultivation. Uh, these right. are in Stillwell, Oklahoma. I'm gonna have to mention Stillwell is the strawberry capital of the world. Now I did some chance, Googling right? on this. Yeah, I did some Googling <laughs> and I don't want to get involved, but there's some other people who might object to that, but I'm giving it to Stowell. Um, but anyway, uh, I won't get involved in that, but let's get involved with Redbird Bioscience and welcome Walter to the show. Welcome to the business of cannabis. Hey man, thanks so much for having me. Uh, pleasure to be on. Uh, let's start with, um, you've, you've, you've stated uh, your goal is to be a producer for flour and concentrates and edibles, beverages, topicals, tinctures, pill, like the gambit. It's very ambitious. All of it. All of it. Cool. So talk to us about what stage you are on this journey. Where is Redbird yeah. right now? Give us a bit of background. 
and then what's man, the timeline? Yeah. No doubt, man. That's uh, yeah. We're 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 ambitious, um, you know, in this this Oklahoma market. Uh, it, it's it's pretty uh, fast paced out here. You know, we joke about how uh, you know ten days in this market is like a year. You know, uh, and we've all we've all get uh, experience very quick. But um, you know, Redbird is uh, like you said, uh, sixty five thousand square feet of indoor cultivation space, uh, just under twenty thousand square feet of greenhouse. Uh, we call it greenhouse, man. It's really, it's, it's sun-assisted indoor. Uh, we were able to remove the panels and, and do some things to allow natural light to come in there. So you still get great quality product out of it. Um, so 20,000 square there, uh, 15 acres of outdoor cultivation that goes to oil production. Um, you know, and, and we're really, uh, we also have 10,000 square feet of, uh, of distribution warehouse space and 15 trucks. Um, we just opened our second distribution warehouse in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, we're, we're moving at a pace that has put us ahead of the market, you know, from a, a total ecosystem standpoint, probably something 12 to 12 to 16 months, I'd say. Wow. Okay. And um, so then, well, tell us a bit then about, let's keep going about that. What, what kind of challenges did Redbird have? Like oh, initially, man. and now <laughs> maybe I know. <laughs> Do we have three hours? But it's interesting for me because it's easy to sit. We yeah. talk, you know. Okay, so you did this, and I, it's hard to put it in perspective. What was right. that perspective? What were those key well, challenges? Because well, people listening know, might be going through the same thing. That's right. That's right. No, um, you know, we're all led by the vision of our CEO uh, and and founder, uh, Bill Thurman. You know, um, he comes from a, a healthcare background, and his vision for this was to, uh, you know, bring the um, the value and the quality of product that comes with having to uh, do end of life care and things of that nature, and bring that same sort of mentality to, um, you know, the patients in the cannabis, the medical cannabis industry. And so the infrastructure and the model was really simple: is you know, you own your real estate. Um, you have different entities that own different things that allow you to, uh, you know, transport from, you know, uh, place to place. Um, and and we've, we were able to do that. Now, the, the struggles and, and things of, man, I, I would tell you, David, it's, uh, it's really hard when there's 9,000 grows, um, there's, you know, 1,200 processors, uh, there's 2,300 dispensaries. Um, you know, it, it's pretty competitive and you've got to learn how to grow a cannabis business uh, and be able to keep the patient at, at the front of all your decisions. And so, um, you know, when it was 200, you know, I, I got in uh, as a uh, as a territory rep. I, I uh, left the casino, you know, the pandemic had hit and uh, I jumped over to the cannabis industry. I was a patient already. And, um, you know, we we. Where I was tasked with growing a, the Oklahoma City Metro business. Um, we had maybe one truck going there a week. And, uh, you know, at that point, it was about, um, you know, uh, getting everyday deliveries. And so that was the first task is, you know, can we, can we grow it? Yes, uh, we know we can grow it. Um, can we sell it? Okay, let's try it. Uh, and, and we started to do that. And then once we got, uh, you know, uh, I think we got up to five days a week uh, going, you know, it's a three-hour clip from our plant to Oklahoma City. So three hours, uh, you know, five days a week, uh, you know, six hours a day, we had a truck going to Oklahoma City to make deliveries to the 
to the big metro. And then the task, um, once we got to that and we were growing, you know, 400 pounds a month, uh, can we sell it all? And we believe we could and we did. And then, um, and then the next phase was just like, okay, uh, let's keep building these rooms and let's keep going with expansion. Let's open our greenhouse production and see if we can have things to process and create another line, which would be taking our, you know, our trim and uh, raw material and making white label. And so that became a, a brand that we used to see if we could even sell the product that the waste material uh, that most people would use and, and not even, or maybe even just sell as, um, you know, shake material. Could we process it and sell it in this competitive space? And we proved that we could. Um, and then we developed that brand into a very good quality, you know, full spectrum CO2 oil, uh, affordable vape line that, um, you know, the everyday patient could afford. And so we were just testing and going and, and, and breaking through walls as we went. And we really, you know, we, I joke every day when I talk to people about how we set the precedent every day. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on in other markets. I know what's happening in our market and I know that we're doing it different than everybody else. And so um, I, I just, once we got to a thousand pounds a month, uh, we realized that we had a sustainable model. Oh, wait a second. And, Do uh, we have a business here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, then, and, then, and then we, you know, we, we have to figure out um, you know, the logistics of it. In February 2020, uh, you know, we acquired um, tactical uh, uh, transportation. And, uh, you know, that allowed us to have warehouse space um, and vans. Uh, and then, you know, which, which furthered our reach. We grew the southwestern Oklahoma business. Um, then we started growing the southeastern Oklahoma business. Uh, northeastern Oklahoma was pretty well taken care of because of the nature of the plant just being there. Uh, but yeah, man, once we got to a thousand pounds a month, we realized, okay, this is sustainable. Our brand is recognized. People re realize the quality of product that we're bringing to them. And the, the people miss the nature of your market, right? So like what I tell people all the time about Oklahoma's market is, you know, we're great value shoppers. I'm an Okie. I'm, I'm from the 405 Shawnee, Oklahoma, go Wolves, right? You know, I, I grew up here. And so I know how we shop. I've done the casino marketing thing. I've seen demographics. And what it comes down to is understanding how your patient buys. And if you have a, uh, if you have a certain threshold, you go into any store in Oklahoma and they'll tell you that the average ticket that, uh, you know, for a basket walking out is about $45. And so now when you know that information and you go into it, why would you produce any product or price your product in search such a way that you can't get the everyday shopper? And that's just what we've done. And um, it's been, you know, very... It was hard. Uh, it's still hard. I'm not saying it's easy now, man. We, we Well, every day, I'd assume something every, comes every up. Day, yeah. Every yeah. day, you're figuring it out and you're setting precedent. So, you know, we just try to, you know, I, I'm the I'm the, uh, the person that brings the energy and the, and the passion, um, you know, because I, I think about the patient at the forefront of my mind always. And so when we do that, you know, we're able to make really, really wise decisions. And, and what we've seen right now is that we've outpaced production. Um, even in a market where we have things coming and Croptober's, you know, here and gone and the, the outdoor because the weather in Oklahoma was really, really nice in October for the outdoor growers. There's been a lot of high quality product coming from there. Um, it, it's a it, it's a it's a different market. The price per pound is definitely different. Um, but uh, because of our strong relationships and our brand and what the patients know about us, you know, we're still able to sustain 
and, and, and continue to thrive and acquire new accounts and do things differently um, because of our brand and product and the recognition that we have and the effort of the people in Stillwell. I mean, uh, it's not that's all what I'm, I'm you on know, the sales yeah. side for sure. Well, you know, that's what I'm, I'm hearing. Gonna, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, speak to that maybe a little bit more because um, what we know of Oklahoma is yeah. uh, it's incredibly competitive. <laughs> you guys have yeah. 2,000 uh, dispensaries for 4 million people, um, which is, yeah, right, right. you know, yeah. insane. Um, right. So how, well, how, do, you, it, how do you guys stay smaller than that? It's even smaller than that, Matt, when you think about it just really? being a medical market. So you're really talking about 400 license holders. Right. Good point. So four hundred, four hundred k. So now yeah. you know, and, and that that's not even that's not even the four million. That's four hundred thousand. So you're talking right. about, um, you know, I mean, you, you kind of loaded it there. That that piece is where I get right. I go straight there when you talk about that. Let's back mm -hmm. it up and talk about the people in Stillwell. Um, you know, the nature and fabric of our company is built around, uh, you know, the heritage of Stillwell, Oklahoma. Right, the the strawberry capitals of the world, right? Right. You know, um, and you've got uh, a, a strong uh, tie to the Native American culture. I'm I'm Sac and Fox uh, Nation. Okay, um, I worked in tribal casinos my whole career. Um, okay. Up where we're at in our plant, uh, Cherokee Nation uh, territory. Right. The facility is right across the street from the Wilma P. Mankiller uh, Indian Health Center. All right. So the so the okay. fabric of of, of the tribal uh, culture and, and, and work so it's ethic. Built, it's, and built it's, it's built in. It's built in, right? So when we yeah. go after, our, 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 our name is Redbird, our grow is Redbird. Um, the, the one of the greatest chiefs to ever uh, lead the, the Cherokee people is Chief Redbird Smith, right? So right. We, we have a lot of his uh, lineage and, um, and, his, and his people that work for us. Um, our, our director and, and VP of security and intelligence uh, is a descendant of Chief Redbird Smith. So we wanted to tie into that, wow. um, build okay. into the fabric of the, of the town. And, uh, you know, really what's really, really cool about what we've done is, um, you know, the average wage, uh, average dollar per hour when we showed up was something around, I think, eight fifty nine bucks. Uh, Bill uh, came in and was like, you know, screw that. Uh, I'm gonna pay every, everybody that works for me is gonna make a minimum of fifteen dollars an hour, and uh, and now you see people in town. Now we went, we became the largest employer in the town, and then That's the great. next thing that happened is everybody, you know, the big the other the railways, the cattle auction, all these different people, um, you know, mm -hmm. they're raising their pay, which is great for the city of Stillwell. No, we that's, are, uh, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, we're talking to Walter Boyd of uh, Redbird Bioscience from uh, uh, talking about medicinal cannabis market in um, in Oklahoma um, and some of the challenges uh, that you had and, and have overcome and that you face every day. I have a, a follow-up question to something you've alluded to, which is the product and the nature of the patient. So how do you get you know, so talk to me about the question of quality, quality yeah. of product, particularly when we're talking about medicinal, and then how do you convey that to both the dispensary and the patient to create confidence in it and to create moment sales momentum? I know that's yeah. a big question, but yeah, I know it, you it guys is, think about I'm it every day, but what do you, what, give me some comments. Because I'm going to give you it in two parts, and this is how I classify it. You have processed goods and you have flour. I think you have to distinguish those as far as the marketing to those in a medicinal market, especially one like ours. I, I wouldn't even speak to the medicinal market. I would say 
Oklahoma's market specifically. You, we've had the, we've got flour that's on one side and processed goods that are on the other. The easiest thing to do is process um, because of the barrier to entry into Oklahoma's license. It costs 2,500 bucks to get your license in Oklahoma. So that, that barrier to entry is nothing. All right. And then you have the other side of that, which is, um, the, you know, building your lab and doing all that. So whoever can do it or, um, you know, has the, uh, the capital to, you know, buy some machines at one point could jump into the process goods game very easy. Right. And so there, there was a point where that happened. Now, um, I would tell you from a, a brand distinguishing for the medicinal purposes on the process side is how you should go. Um, you've got to talk to the feeling. I, I talk to brands every day to try to bring them into our distribution. Um, we have our processed goods brands, but the other, you know, there's very well packaged or whatever it is. I, I, side note, that's what Oklahoma's really done well is, is build the competitive space for packaging and how that goes to the customer. So we've got some brands that are local that have done a great, great job of packaging and things like that. Then it becomes about fulfillment and your raw material relationship. So that's why I find myself at the, lot of, uh, at the, at the, at the front of these conversations. And so when I talk to those guys, you know, they want to market, uh, initially people wanted to market to the um, milligram or the, the how, uh, how high you could get, if you will. Um, what, I've, what I've seen, uh, you know, there's been some national brands come in, 1906 to be specific. They've done a great job of marketing to the effect. They've also done a great job of marketing to the new, uh, acquiring new users, right? So people new to cannabis that are cannabis naive, right? So when you're thinking about how you market, I would say you've got to market into the processed goods category via effect, not indica, not sativa, because that's really not true. Once it gets to your liver, it processes differently. It doesn't know whether it's that, you right. know, what, 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 <laughs> Wait a right. second, this is sativa. I know. What's going on? I'm a liver. Yeah. So like you've got yeah. to figure out how to market to the feeling and to the face. So introducing of, you know, your ratios, uh, CBN, CBD, TAC one to one to one, uh, your three to one CBGs to TAC. Those are the things that I think people got to do better, um, in this market. And, and that's one thing that I'm certainly on the, on the thought process of is how to market to that. Because again, you want to be safe for people to purchase. You want to be easy for people to purchase. And when they're coming to, to us as a, as a, or, or to a dispensary looking for a, some sort of relief, um, the thing you want to do is be able to say, here's how you can sleep, or here's how you can have energy, or here's how you can, you know, make love better or whatever that is. And that's what I'm on the pursuit of. So that's processed goods. I would say then on the flower side, you know, there's so many different crosses and strains and, 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 and cookies and gelatos and, you know, all these different things. I, I would say that, you know, when you have these genetics that are, uh, that are securely yours, um, you know, we, you, you've got to market to those genetics and what the effects are. Um, if it's, you know, whatever the genesis is, break it down to whatever the terpenes are. Um, that come from that and that how that affects your endocannabinoid system and once you can break all those things down and, and effectively educate i think you'll have an ability to market the flower better the, the one thing that i'll say about flower marketing before before i stop is that burner and the guys at cookies have done a great job of like packaging it up and selling it that way so it, it just that that's how you marketed it to this point but when you're in a medicinal market mm -hmm. and it's really probably the, the only way that you're going to 
federal, the only way that it's probably going to be federally legal if it has some sort of medicinal lien, I, I would say, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a right. sales guy, <laughs> but you know, if I, I, would, I would say, if there sell, was sell, sell. That, you know, it would be something to that and you'd have to be able to market to the effect and, right. and what it does and, and how it helps people. Yeah, um, that's what the doctors are going to do anyways. So let, let me ask you this. So, <laughs> you know, I'm a, a newbie. I don't really know anything about cannabis and okay. uh, I have trouble sleeping. Um, okay. You know, give me, um, you know, maybe talk about a strain that I could take that would help me sleep. Yeah, you want to, um, I mean, obviously something that's heavy indica uh, on the flower side. Um, right. something that has, you know, uh, that was probably, um, heavy in CBN, uh, that would be the, the, the best way, um, to go about that. Looking at your COAs and, and saying that one of ours, right. uh, particularly if I'm getting to market me, uh, that would yeah. be, double, no, no, that would, definitely <laughs> market you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be double deja vu. Um, double deja know, vu. Okay. Double deja vu. Um, that, that one is our number one seller. Um, the, the, the richness of the colors is deep purple. Um, it's got, uh, orange ends on it. Uh, it looks absolutely beautiful, uh, manicured in a jar. Uh, that's one thing. And then the second thing is when the medicine applies, uh, you know, it burns white on the ash and then it sets on right behind your eyes and then goes through your whole body to, you know, relax you on that, um, you know, that entourage effect. So. Come on, Walt, uh, are, you, are you in sales? I don't think so. I don't, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I don't man. believe you. Wait a second. I don't believe you. I do every day. I have to. It's, it's in me, man. No, let me ask you, Walt. You're born and bred. Yeah, let me ask you. Because I want to I wanna talk to this, and we're running out of time a little bit. Uh, but I want to talk about Belushi and that partnership. Super cool. Tell us about it. Uh, how did it start, and where is it going? Absolutely. Uh, Bill, uh, you know, secured that partnership for us. Um, he became friends, you know, through just different mutual connections. And uh, we had, you know, um, they wanted to meet, you know, we had a kind of shift in leadership. I was brought into the leadership team and uh, we had a meeting and we sat down for dinner in Tulsa. Um, I got to, you know, talk with the team and talk about how um, cannabis has helped Jim, uh, you know, how, you know, his mission and passion is to help people get off of things and, and use cannabis to take away, you know, the, the, the darkness in their life. And so, you know, he's got a passionate from his brother um, that drives him in that. And so, uh, you know, it, it was, it was good to sit and talk with those guys and believe in the, the mission behind it. Um, you know, the, there's a demographic that is uh, very keen on, um, you know, blues brothers and, you know, fans that watch Belushi's farm on discovery channel. And so it was very, you know, uh, easy to see that that would be something that would that would launch well in Oklahoma, uh, have some good sell through and then have repeat buys because, you know, people respect the brand. Once they find out that it's powered by Redbird, uh, then it's, you know, it's it's really well game over. We don't use trim. Uh, there's no twigs or anything in our in our pre rolls. And so right. um, it's all flower. Uh, and so they, it's, they're able to rely on the product, which even, you know, solidifies it. It's not a celebrity brand that came into a market that's full of boof or you know is larfy or you know is is gonna pop when crack when you smoke it it's gonna be a quality smoke burn gray you know have a resin ring around it all the way down to the end um and that's what you want and so uh it, it was an easy partnership you know they saw how we were doing and what our 
distribution network looked like. And, um, you know, they wanted to be with the winners, and, and so did we. That's we great. Have, it's amazing. Well, thank you for this. This has been uh, – we've had the honor to uh, talk to Walter uh, oh, Redbird Bioscience and uh, giving yeah. us a master class in, uh, I think, sales and marketing. I think, uh, Dave, we have to go to Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, well, oh, man. Well, out, man. well, I have been there before. Movie. Yeah, I have been there before. I, I, I've never I, been, so. I would go anytime. No, I love it. And uh, <laughs> insights into a super competitive market, um, Oklahoma market in particular. And I think there's lessons there for any producer across the U.S. of how right. to uh, thrive yep. and survive um, when maybe you don't even have the benefits of some of the regulatory um Sure. cushions that other places have this is a real business right. and you guys are obviously yep. doing a lot of things that are right um so i uh, i thank you very much for uh, for your time um uh walter boyd of bio red bios bird bioscience <laughs> I, I should uh, i will add yeah i should add sorry uh go to the website redbirdmmj.com that's redbirdmmj.com uh that's if you right. want to find out more that's right thank you guys so much it was my my pleasure guys thank you no it's our pleasure and we will be right back. The Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. Welcome back, Dave Sky with Matt Cook. And we have had the pleasure of talking to Sayoon Adeji Elevate uh, and Walter Boyd from Redbird Bioscience. Different, uh, different, obviously different uh, businesses, yep. uh, different areas of, of the business, uh, cannabis dispensary, one, two in Massachusetts, one in Oregon, Walter in the production side. Um, but I was, uh, what were your impressions? Because they're, yeah, I mean, intensely competitive areas on some levels right i mean Seun was a very impressive um guy to say the least yeah uh, youngest african-american to own a cannabis dispensary um you know i like i liked his background he started in real estate became a landlord um did some investing you know then owning some real estate and cannabis and then you know transitioning into owning dispensaries and uh in massachusetts and uh oregon i believe and um you know just good head on his shoulders and it seems like he's you know he's uh very methodical and thought it out very well yeah setting out the values i it would be something i want to work i'd want to work for That's yeah 100 cool. percent. like the fact that he has you know kind of core values um and you know on the site you know here's what we're about and here's what we believe i think you know um, when we talk about, we talk about brand a lot in terms of product, but when you're talking about brand in terms of, um, you know, retail locations, I think that can go a long way. Um, and, and yeah, that's what I build it up. I, we talk a lot of people, I think they talk brand because they want it. Yes. But if you create a powerful local presence, but you have to live it and live it. It's going to be, they're not so easy to, to, to dislodge just because you roll in as one of 
a hundred different locations. Yeah, and exactly. Try that in, think of Redbird. There they are producing cannabis in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We've had people on the show from from you know California, example, say we we could supply the whole world practically. Um, yeah. And yet they seem to be thriving and expanding a new uh, and this uh, partnership with uh, the Blue Sheep Farm. Um, and, and are they going to be so easy just to push aside because you have a national brand? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you've got Belushi and Ackroyd, um, uh, you know, names to to help him. And again, we've talked about brand before. And, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of put their hands up and say, oh, you know, I, I want to create a, a cannabis brand. And, you know, I'm a famous person. I mean, Dan Ackroyd, I know, has created a very successful uh, line of vodka and wine and um, you know so maybe this is something that that they can um, they can capitalize on um, you know it's yeah, very I love how they've localized I love how like they can build this powerful local yes. presence use yes. it so it doesn't have to be national which is so interesting no because there aren't necessarily the economies of scale when it comes to brand right uh, and there will be some brands, but I think they might have a template for small, local, powerful brand that cannot be dislodged for a long time, maybe eventually, but not for a long time. Yeah, and you're seeing you're that. Right. Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, quite often people get a little bit over their ski tips uh, with respect to dreaming big um, and wanting to be national right away. <clears throat> There's something to be said for establishing a very, like a stranglehold on a, on a local market uh, before looking to expand. And Are you throwing cold water on my new t-shirt venture? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing cold water on all your ventures. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you may as well start with a t-shirt one. because Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, uh, that, that might be the dumbest idea you've had. Uh, but, yeah, um, you know, I know, I think Dan Aykroyd's vodka actually is only available in Canada. And if you look at a lot of, um, you know, uh, like if you try to compare That's it to alcohol, yeah. if you try to compare it to alcohol, there's a lot of local brands that are incredibly popular. Let's say in Massachusetts, for example, um, a lot of local beers that you can't really buy anywhere else. Absolutely. Uh, good point. Yeah. But they're doing very, very well. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, to your point, I think it, it will be uh, difficult if they really, you know, get a stranglehold on the Oklahoma market. It'll be difficult to dislodge them. And then it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go from there and how yeah. they look. Is, is it a, mer- if, a, a merger if, game? They do. Yeah, a merger yeah, if game, they do. Like what happened in alcoholers. Right. And then they could be here for years. Like, yeah, exactly. Just be, a, be their venture. Well, that... Sayun so Tadeji uh, of Elevate and Walter Boyd, Redbird. Um, I'm Dave Skye uh, here with uh, Matt Cook. Um, hope you enjoyed the latest installment. Um, thanks to our sponsor, Cash Tech Currency Products. Uh, go to uh, cashtechcurrency.com to check out all their cash management offerings. Um, thanks to you uh, for listening, as always. Uh, and we will be back next week with another edition of The Business of Cannabis. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.